Talking Shop. Welcome to Talking Shop, the podcast where I, Brian Gray, dive into my guest's relationship with their work to learn why they love to do what they do. My guest tonight is founding member of the new movement, improv performer and teacher, co-author of Improv Wins, stand-up comic, the creator of Air Sex Champions, a pro wrestling manager, a sports columnist, a podcaster and rapper, Chris True. I first met Chris when he and TNM co-founder Tammy Nelson taught a workshop up in Pittsburgh and got to know him much better at a week-long intensive last summer here at the theater. Uh, Chris has an unparalleled amount of creativity, drive, passion, and enthusiasm that is inspiring to me, as well as his students at the theater. It is my great pleasure to welcome to the show, Chris True. Chris, thank you so much for being Brian. here. Brian! <laughs> I told you I say nice things. No, that, was, that was very sweet. I I, I feel complimented. Uh, good. Well, and that's really I, I've been really wanting to have you on. Excited that you could do this because you're you're just such um uh, like I've yet to ever meet anyone anything like you. So I'm excited to learn more about what makes you tick here. Um, so uh, as I mentioned in the intro, you're involved in just so many things. Um, and I'm interested in if you feel that that these so some of them are comedy related, stand up, improv, and so forth. But also, you manage pro wrestlers. You do a sports podcast. You have a rap label. Um, do you feel like that has an impact on the way that you approach improvisation specifically? Yeah, and, and I'm also very fond of saying that everything that I'll ever touch creatively has to go through the filter of improv. Everything from the way and the way I work with people and the way I like to treat people and be treated and how I like to organize and brainstorm is all inspired from, from improv. Like improv is just the fuel and all those things, <clears throat> while they may all seem like they're comedy related like my sports column and podcasts and my pro wrestling stuff is definitely through the filter of a comedian. So Yes. So to me, it sounds silly and it may seem weird, but to me, it's all the same thing. Yeah, it, it doesn't. And I think a lot of times, so like I talk about my software life and the parts that are interesting to me about software are the same that are parts that are interesting to, about comedy. So I totally get that. But what's interesting to me, too, is just hearing you in the session before this talk about how like I didn't know you were a stand up first before you came to improv. So at what point uh, did improv become that foundation to you? Or like, how did that transition take place? I I fear my story is like many thousands of others, like my origin, but but just say it real quickly. I dabbled with stand-up and comedy writing in college, was not very good at it. Did some like free speech alley performances type, type things in LSU, took an improv class, hated it, then mm -hmm. took, took a, another Chicago-style improv class, fell in love with it, went to Chicago, took all the classes, and then that's that's when I decided that hmm. this is definitely for me. When I was surrounded by people who were who were just fond of supporting each other and 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 it just seemed much more of a creative collaboration type of culture, I was hooked. And I've been I've been doing I, I've thought about improv every day since then quite a bit. Yeah, and I think that so much of what um, you bring out, like the very first way you talked about improv here was that supportive um, positivity, uh, which is interesting to me. I, I mean, I think there's such an intense 
positivity about you and about the new movement. Um, was that fundamentally important to you here to sort of create that atmosphere of positivity? And, and how, how do you keep that up? Yeah, so it was very, very important. I came from the two theaters that I worked with before, one as a student and another as one of the one of the people in charge. Both those things kind of crumbled uh, under a lot of negativity and just bad feelings that people had. It was just not fun. Yeah. And so when we opened up this theater, it was a, it was crucial that we that we were we were we had to be very ag- aggressively positive <laughs> and, and so it's been it's been super important to us ever since then like we have we, we we make a lot of decisions just based on what's the what's the most fun thing possible you know a lot of meetings that i have with new people i work with kind of starts off with in a dream world what are you doing here as opposed like i don't want anyone to do, be doing something that they don't want to do I I want everyone who's a part of this theater to to be super inspired and feel like they're having an impact on the day to day here if they want that yeah. and, and and so you know that's a big reason why we are where we are right now and it also has a lot to do with how just the company is just managed and keep, I keep that up by just constantly checking in with people and being very aware how important that positivity is yeah it is amazing to me i mean it seems like knowing you like it would be hard to not have that like it's infectious but at the same time i just know come like as they grow so you now have three theaters right nola uh, Austin and Houston. Well, the, the, the Houston theater is, is now on its own. Um, oh, okay. we're, 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 we're still homies with them. It's one of, one of our, for those who don't know anything, it's a very quick backstory. The, we, one of our first ever graduates here in Austin, Shia Ray, she moved to Austin, uh, to Houston. And for a while it was TNM Houston and we helped get her set up and very involved in the day to day. It wasn't an actual building. It was, we just rented out rooms for classes and shows eventually she she wanted to rebrand and it it made the most sense as far as as far as where we all were creatively and with and professionally and and so she she started now she has an actual theater called the station theater oh, okay which i highly recommend for anyone who's going through the houston area awesome yeah so that's just my thoughts like the the fact that that positivity is maintained among as you grow to more staff, more people, you're not physically in these spaces is, um, is just, I guess that's not a question. It's just impressive to me. Um, to pull back, we might get back into the theater stuff, but to get a little bit more into the, the improv itself, um, you, you once told me, so back in the, the dusty workshop where you, where I first met you in Pittsburgh, you had mentioned that the TJ and Dave were the inspiration behind the new movement's philosophy of beginning without suggestions. So you rarely, if ever, take suggestions at the theater. Um, are there other shows or performance styles that had a big impact on your uh, on the the way that you approach improvisation? Yeah, I really, really fell in love with the World News Tonight in Chicago. That's the that's the show where everyone wears suits like they're newscasters, and the audience clips out newspaper headlines and, and like a little bit of an article hmm. 
and the advertisers pull it off the bulletin board, read the headline and the article, like in a news, like their newscaster, then everyone picks it apart. Just a take on an Armando and um, real good dude. Jason Chin is the guy behind that. Very sad news about his passing. But Jason Chin is one of, was one of my favorite teachers I had at uh, at Chicago at IO in Chicago. But that 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 show had a huge impact on me because just I really got off on the. It wasn't an, it wasn't overwhelmingly produced. It wasn't you, you didn't have like a ton of sound cue. They didn't have a giant set. They had enough of those things where I just felt like man, these things really make a difference. And also, I've always felt I've always been in love with the Armando that that just that format. And I do think that. I do think I, I, I think that some of the that that the Armandos that I've seen at Improv Olympic lately, granted it's been a few years, but the last ones that I saw there, it felt real like very very loosely tied to the story, like taking a word or two as opposed to taking a theme or a premise. Mm-hmm. And World News Tonight is like they nail the premise. They just they just if this then what the crap out of it, and I've always been so inspired by that. So that, I would say that show had a huge, huge influence on me. When I was in Chicago, I was front row, same seat every single night for that show. Yeah, it does seem like that uh, that that coherence of the show. It's like something relatable um, has those production values. I mean, I personally struggle with these with having to go out with that much of a premise. Um, uh, but I I have so much respect and admiration. It's something I work on. Like I have so much respect for people that can do that and still find the joy and discovery in those scenes and shows. Um, uh, so maybe on that note too. So so you, here at New Movement, you guys, um, you know, you go out. You don't have a suggestion. Um, so there's there's something that inspires you at the top of the scene, and maybe you do start with a premise um, in mind. Maybe you don't. But there's a lot of focus here on, on stumbling um uh like maybe you can talk me through for the for you personally like what are the first moments of a scene for you where, where you don't have that and you but you want to build quickly into finding that that game or that you know fun part of the scene for you i love watching my scene partner and then either either giving them an opportunity to to say something anything and then quickly deciding how i feel about it or i just or I'll just copy them and we'll do it together. I I highly prefer that as opposed to me coming out there with a with a half-built premise. Like my favorite initiations are the ones that actually take like two or three, maybe even four lines to make to, to, to get somewhere, as opposed to the, you know, to, to the ones that are like, like I'm I'm happy you asked me to the prom. I've never been to prom before. Mm-hmm. Even that's too much, I think, for me. I would much rather you say, like, I'm so happy. Right. I can, uh, I, then I would say, you know, I would say, that makes me so happy, honey. You haven't been happy in a long time. Yeah. We still don't know enough yet, but you can see we're obviously building this together. I love that. Yeah, that's that to me feels like those TJ and Dave openings where it's like, it's not... There's a lot of information communicated, but it's not through exposition, right? Dialogue, um, and then you 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 do focus a lot too. Like in this session here, you were talking about it as well about like so very quickly though, uh, we're going to figure out what is what we are playing with. Not that it won't grow or change. Um, so maybe talk a little bit about 
about that. So like, how does that work for you in your mind that you, you start to identify the, the parts that are like, I guess that would be um, like, so is, is game the phrase you use for that? Or is there another way of talking about it here? Yeah, we, we do use that phrase a lot, but we, we're, we're more inspired by the idea of the most specific parts of the game. Like, what, what I teach a lot is, and, and our level three syllabus here is, is what I'm most proud of, and that's when we get into patterns and devices. But basically, instead of saying, oh, the game of the scene is is he he can't return this shirt he bought because he wore it, he doesn't get it. Instead of saying that, it's like, he can't return the shirt he bought, and every time he comes up with another excuse why he should get to return it. Another person from the management team of this department store walks on and, and, and outdoes his excuse with an excuse of their own. But the excuses aren't just any excuses. There is a very specific pattern with the excuses. Like, like it's, all, it's all food related. Um, you know, just getting really hyper specific with the pattern instead of just saying every time he does this, you do this. Yeah, I think that's something that really stuck with me was uh, thinking about patterns over game. Uh, so I, I think that's certainly a way of looking at game, but focusing more on both the idea of pattern uh, and yeah, and com- contrasting it with word association and you give a bunch of examples in the book um, but I think that's a really big struggle and when I started working with teams back in Pittsburgh is um, you know I, I think it's still hard for me to like I, I did some of the exercises you did with us like just in the circle so now we're starting to get word association versus pattern but still now mapping that into a scene I still think see things that go off in one way or another but I love that idea of just like focusing on the pattern like what is a pattern that we're building and not just oh this reminds me of that reminds me of that thing. yeah I I'm on a I'm on a nationwide crusade to try to <laughs> to try to minimize an award association not a bad warm up exercise yeah but I think that if we allow people to word associate too much in our scenes then they will quickly become they could become technically they could be about anything which is why when we when we when we teach tap outs and walk ons, we teach that you have to latch on to a specific existing idea instead of bringing on a whole new perspective. Because if that weren't the case, then you could walk on or tap out to anything at any point in time with whatever your idea is. And that creates messes and the people start to resent devices. And they shouldn't. Devices are precious and beautiful. Yeah. And speaking of, uh, without specifically talking about devices, though, we might want to. Um, you specifically, I think every teacher I've I was exposed to here, uh, the Improv Wins book itself, um, are known for having this. Um, this is actually a quote from the Austin American Statesman, uh, but the, uh, of, for having built your own language of improv, uh, which I've talked to you about before as well. Um, so you have these phrases, these metaphors, these names for concepts, which I think is a really powerful teaching tool. It just helps people. Um, I think you're still at this level of like, maybe that works for me, maybe that, that doesn't, but if it does, I can recall more easily um, what that what that is, that, you know, emotion wheel, the um, de- devices, um, uh, weapons and paths and all these yeah. things. So I guess more to talk to you about where that 
you know, where that started and how do you encourage other teachers to think in that way of boiling things down to these kind of metaphorical or, or named concepts? Well, a lot of those, we, you know, we, we stumbled upon them ourselves and trying to explain the concepts, you know, when we first started and, and we just had students say, you know, when you put it that way, it makes more sense. Mm. And some of them, like, it's not about the dog. It's just, <laughs> that's just our way of saying like, what, you know, you and I may be doing a scene, Brian, where, where we're, you know, we, we, we both want to, to, to eat this last slice of pizza and we're going into their throats. It's like clearly there's something else going on here. It's not about the pizza. Yeah. And we just found that putting it that way and repeating it that same way every time was just it became a mantra for our students to be like, oh, we recognize now that we are talking about the thing too much. <laughs> we should stop doing it. That's like what they always say, as opposed to uh, you know. I, 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 I mean, I think that the, the, the playful metaphor just has a little bit more personality to it. I think it just sticks, it just sticks better. Uh, yeah. And I, I think I remember asking you at one point, like, where do they come from? Cause they make a lot of sense. So the workshop I'm doing here, it was this really, one of them is this really big concept. And I was like, I, I know what I need is to come up with a, you know, a metaphor or what I ended up doing. I have a metaphor, but it wasn't as good. I have this just sort of acronym to remember a lot of these things and I started working on it with some people in Pittsburgh and they they really like it um, but to me it's work like I have to think it through uh, I think you said at one point like you in the moment you need something you just come up with them maybe that's just a gift you have well I, I also I also to be fair I, I think we are good at it but there's there's a lot of them that are on the cutting room floor sure yeah, where I've fair. said it and people are just like what are you talking about and, and I'm like Oh, they're not all, they're not all gems, you know, those, those don't all make the book. Yeah. But, but we, but we, I know I'm a big fan of that. Uh, I think Tammy is a little more elegant with her speech and she's, she's a little sharper and I don't know how much is on her cutting room floor. Cause she's, she's pretty tight with that stuff. Mm. I, I think there's a lot on my cutting, which I, which that's not a self deprecating thing. Like I enjoy it. I enjoy taking shots, the churn, yeah. you know, um, and that, in fact, that that's one that I'm that I've been pushing a lot lately with groups I'm working with is like, is like you didn't come to the gym to to like to, to not shoot the ball. Like you're here, take shots. Yeah. I really don't care if you miss all of them. My favorite people in my classes are the ones who get the most notes, as long as they're different notes. If you're even the same note over and over again, that's a problem. <laughs> right. But but you know, you know there there was a class the other day where the same the same guy was I was he was just getting hammered by me, and after the class I was like. I didn't say this because I thought he needed some. I didn't because I thought I needed to say it to make him feel better. I was very genuine. Whereas, like Marcel is doing the most stuff right now. Like I wish this. I wish this whole class was taking as many shots as he is. And I love that. So I'm all about taking shots, and that's my that's my favorite current metaphor I'm playing with. I love it. Um, I just before we jump off that one thing, looking forward to talking to you about it and thinking through this is that. One thing that really uh, I enjoyed in the book, um, though, I think through the the workshops and stuff, like I haven't heard you talk more about it, and I'm wondering if you can dive a little bit more into it, is this paths and weapons I mentioned before. I, I think it's a powerful idea, and I wonder if you can maybe explain it further to me. So, like, yeah, I like the idea, and maybe just explain it a bit for people who haven't read it, and uh, we can talk through a little bit, like, how it might 
like how I might be able to use it more or something like that. So the way paths and weapons, uh, the, the genesis of that was we found that people right around like six, seven months of doing improv when they were like, okay, I'm into this, I enjoy it, and I want to get better at it. We, they get an absurd amount of tools in their toolkit, and mm. it's, and, and, but they still haven't built very many houses. And so it's like, here's all the tools, now, now, now do it all the time. And they're like, hold on a second, which tool do I use when? Yeah. This, this is a lot to process. And so we just found that our students at the seven, eight month period, whatever, we're starting to have, we're starting to, to be worse at improv. And we thought it was because they were trying to do everything all at once. So we broke it down. We were like, look, you're going to drive yourself crazy if you try to do character, game, relationship, status, game, pattern, you know, all these things at the same time. So then we just cut it into the most important ones. And that was the paths. And then the... The the, the the accessories were like the weapon. So it's like, choose a path, choose a weapon. And what's beautiful about that, in my opinion, is that a lot of times it will, the other ones will come naturally. So if I were to tell you that I'm focusing on relationship and then I'm looking to also incorporate some status work in here, I bet you organically that that scene will also contain elements of game, pattern, mm. character, all those things. But I'm going to drive myself crazy if I try to do all those things all at once. Yeah, I think that's the part I was missing or not processing that well is it's really just, it's right, it's not to say at the expense of anything else, but just a smaller focus for people who maybe are overwhelmed with uh, teaching notes, coaching, whatever. Yeah, it, it, I think that that also applies in many other aspects of life. I mean, pick up, pick up most, most like self-help, like organizing, get your life together books. A lot of them will say something to the effect of, do you want to do 10 things? Okay. Or two things really great. Yeah. And that's just, it's just the scene work equivalent of that. That makes sense. Um, so one more driving back more to the larger TNM uh, philosophy, I guess. Uh, I, I don't remember when this was, but you once sort of told me that, uh, and you reiterated this back here, but if if one of my students can't get on stage, can't get stage time, I'll open a new theater, <laughs> essentially. Uh, and uh, you recently did move to a larger space in New Orleans, um, but I think this points to, to me to a sort of focus um, on... The, the way you think about the the community and what what this theater's uh, goal is like what you're serving here and uh, and I think that's really powerful as well is that you know um, there are some places like UCB comes to mind maybe not always where it's very competitive it's hard to get on stage they're trying to maybe showcase the the best you know Friday night you see these groups have been playing for five years there versus what I've come to know as a more annoyance style where you know there's a lot of experimentation you can see but it you don't always know what you're going to see on a given night so i'm wondering if you can maybe talk to that here and just sort of say like what drove you to that philosophy and what what do you think are um the benefits that you've gotten from having that sort of uh you know you want to get people on stage early and often viewpoint yeah so it's 
it's very important to us that people come here and get out of it what they what they want and get out of it what they put into it. And we we are very open with our stage time. At the same time, though, we are in the middle. You know, we we we're almost six years old, and so we're at a part a point in our in the theater's career where there are groups that are like, hey, like we we're taking this super seriously and we want to, we want to go for it like we want to we want to be a, a major thing here and so it's been very tempting to say okay well you are now every wednesday night and i have handed out a lot of you know permanent semi-permanent residency so we're kind of we kind of are right now kind of experimenting with that however for every and, and, and i, I kind of get uh like complex analytics stats on this type of thing. Whenever we do that, we always look to open up another show. That's a thing that where anyone can do. And that's kind of what the genesis of our Thursday nights are now. Yeah. If anyone were to ever say, I don't get on stage enough at TNM or how do I get on stage? I, the, the answer that they should get, no matter who it's, no matter who they're asking is uh, you can get on stage three times every Thursday night. At least two, because it's open mic style. And the third one, if you're in a group that's rehearsing, you will you will perform in the in lights up, which is our which is our troop showcase. So our student troop showcase. But yeah, I think it's very important to, that people that people get a chance to put their work on display because because otherwise, I know not everyone is does takes improv classes to perform, but for those of them who do. How frustrating would that must that be to not get to go on stage and do it? And even if you're not here to do shows, how frustrating must it be to not know for sure how good you can be at it unless you're getting chances? And I'm excited for the day where we have three, four shows a night every single night. And I have to come up with another way to get our next batch of students stage time. I don't think we're close to that right now, but we will be seven days a week probably in both theaters by the summertime. That's wild. And so it's going to be, I'm looking forward to that challenge, but as long, you know, I, I'm confident with the team that we have here and, and with our show structure. So I think we will always be able to maintain that. Uh, cool. Well, I want to start getting into, I have a few other things to ask, but I'm going to move into the set. So I want to do some improv. Um, so if you, we're going to do any set in the world for 10 minutes. Like what is the, your favorite way to do some improv? I like, I like people. I like, I like being on the same page. Like the characters being on the same page, not just Chris and Brian. Right. Yeah. I like being two cowboys who are both, who are both about to propose to their wife or to their fiance, whatever, their girlfriend. I'm much more into that than I am to conflict. Conflict can happen every now and then, but I, I, I don't seek it out. And I, you know, I love heighten or die. You know, you get, you got to push the button. I love. I, we didn't talk about heightening. Uh, we'll talk about it after if okay. I if I manage to do it to a Chris True level, which I am nervous about. Uh, but yeah, okay. Same page, heighten or die. Um, should we try to do one ten minute scene? Should we edit? Should we see how it goes? Oh, I'm open-minded. I'm I'm the most open-minded dude about it.
really thought we had him there yeah. in the last quarter. Yeah. You look good out there. No, oh, come on. I swear, I swear I've never seen you more riled up. I was, well, a, a large reason why I was riled up is because I've never been as motivated as I was when you just stood up and just started leading us. Oh, stop, stop it. No, I'm not serious. No, I, serious. I was not confident about it. That's not what I felt. Really? Oh, yeah. Really? Because oh, yeah. I, the, if I had any confidence, it was because I looked back and I saw you, you had my back. I saw in my rear view mirror you there just running full speed, Ugh. running full speed behind me. That was it. Tough loss. Tough. Tough. Ugh. Oh, man. I could have sworn. I could have sworn we were getting this victory. I really, you know what? I had already spent the, the money that they were, the purse. I'd already spent it. Yeah, and I don't blame you because the confidence that we had. I mean, the warm-ups, I thought the warm-ups went... I mean, those were great warm-ups. Oh. Man, I, I felt limber, loose, loose. I felt I felt like I was uh, whistling Dixie. Yeah, I was relaxed, getting ready to be relentless. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was in the zone. I think a lot of that had to do with just the way you walked into the locker room, actually. Yeah. The moment, yeah, oh yeah. I didn't feel good about it until you came in with that uh, that rubber band, that oh. big stretchy rubber band. Stop, man! I don't even know where you got that, but I you felt need stretched out. I felt stretched. Whew. Wow, I tell you, then that then that team from Oklahoma walked in with those. They're just enormous. Tough loss. Tough. And perhaps the toughest loss because there was a lot to lock. Now I have to. I don't even want to. I don't even want to hear it. I have to kill myself. Yeah. It's, I'm gonna miss you. Hey. I'm gonna miss you because uh, you know I. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to pay your funeral expenses yeah. and. I'm sorry. Man. And marry your widow. Yeah. I appreciate your children. I appreciate all of that. Tough loss. Tough loss. Mostly for me. Biggest loss for you, I'd say. Yeah. But it's a big loss for me. Yeah. Don't undercount that. She's not a great-looking woman. Yeah. Tough loss for all of us. Loss all around. None of these keys work. I can't get my car to start. I think we're gonna. I think we're just gonna have to learn to live in the cold. Donald, it's always. It's not doomsday every time something bad happens, okay? Why can't you just let me have this once? Because I have to get to work in the morning. Because I have bills to pay, Donald. Not that I don't have work to go to or have bills to pay, but I'm excited about the prospect of the end of the world, of spending the end of the world with my brother. It's very sweet of you. But, I mean, it's clearly not the end of the world. I mean, there are, the lights are still on in the, on the street. 
Okay, I know it. All right, I know it's not the end of the world. I get it. I get it. My I'm car. sorry I'm not playing along with you right now. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you know what? It's, I'm used to it. No one does. I just... Well, maybe your games are too... They're too dark. Okay, Donald? They're way too dark. And you jump to it really quickly. Okay? Mom always said, dare to dream. I can be whatever I set my mind to. It's not how she meant it, Donald. You know it. Oh, I can't I get this key to work. I froze the lock. I poured water all over the lock, and then I froze it. Donald, you are pushing. You are you are doing your best to create Doomsday on your own. Is that so wrong? Jake, is it so wrong to want to go into a bunker with my brother and eat out of beans? Eat cans of beans? What is good about that? What's fun about that? We get to make up, you know, stories for each other. Oh, you're a huge baseball fan. You missed the entire baseball season. Do you want to do that? No. You love cable television. You can't watch cable television in the apocalypse. I never know how 30 Rock ends. See, I don't think you thought this thing through. And now, I'm walked out of my car. Your car won't start. I emptied all the gas out of it by hooking up a hose and swallowed a little. I just, I just miss being kids with you. Anything we'd imagine would come true. And mom was alive. We can do that again. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like this. We're adults now, okay? We have adult responsibilities. Well, I'm an adult now. I have adult responsibilities. Okay, Jake. Oh, right. I get it. Well, why don't you come over to the, the office sometime and my lunch break, I'll jump up on the air mattress or something. Let me jump on your air mattress? Sure. If I still have a job. Can I wear a pirate's hat? Sure. It's a date. It's an air dryer. <laughs> <laughs> hey! Well, Looks like that's the uh, the last of the bales of hay. Okay. So farm's yours. Wow! Thank you so much. So are you gonna go? Or are you gonna start a new farm? Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm just gonna pack up and head out of here. Wow. Well, it was really great to have been. I can't was... believe you took my offer. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Good to meet you. Sure. Hey, take care of the old gal. Yeah. You know, I don't know much about farming, but I got some books and I got a lot of time. <laughs> you so, sure do. So I will, I'll send you, you know, you have my hundred dollars and I'll send you another hundred. No, that's done. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know, this is your farm now, so I feel like I just that, want to be clear. That is true. This is a, this would totally be a courtesy. Uh, you just can I take just one minute and say goodbye to the old barn? Uh, 
This would be too much to ask just to... Go ahead. Okay. Barn, we've been through a lot together. Three generations. Lives. Oh, that's a lot. Deaths. Oh, wars. Births. Okay. We've seen... Uh, you've seen parts of me that no man, woman... A child of seeing the barn has seen me at my best and at my worst in sickness and in health. You marry the barn, and I'm gonna miss you, barn. No one knows me like you do, barn. I love you, barn. I'll be back for you. Hey, I'll be back, barn. Hey, do you want to take the barn with you? Is that an option? Yeah, I mean, honestly, you gave me a ridiculous deal on this place, and I was just gonna sell most of the stuff out here, and then cut all the trees down and sell it to a paper company. It hurts. I'll admit that hurts, but it's your it's your property. Right. You You're allowed to do what you want with it. You know what? You can have the barn. Really? You can have the barn. Okay. I mean, I'm gonna make millions of dollars from this farm. It is hard to hear, but I that get you are able to do what you like to do. To, to I flip barns. Okay, okay. I I'm not I was not prepared for that. Yeah. But I wasn't gonna tell you until until you talked to the barn. It is dear. The barn was talking back to you. Her and I go so far back. Take her. I'm happy that you let me do that. Just before you take her, may sure. I have a minute? I. It wouldn't be fair if I didn't let you. Please. Hey, Bard. Had no idea that you were a girl, or that you had a relationship. With this man over here, she'll respond better if you hold her while you talk. I've come, I've come a long way to buy this farm, and the transaction went down a lot quicker than I expected. Not only on the purchasing side, but on my own selling side. And honestly, I was going to burn you down. I never see her reach out her arms back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
But uh, the first one I felt was like the most successful on those measures. And then uh, I don't know what that means. Beginner's luck. <laughs> well, the, yeah. I So in that third scene with the barn, I, I didn't know that I was going to go up to the barn. It got to a point. I, I was about to say something about how I wanted to buy your your car from you. Yeah. But I, I feel like the scene was at a crossroads where it was like, I could get you, is it either you are a poor business person and you right. make terrible deals, or is it your specific journey with this with farm, the farm land? And the farm. And so I would say that the, we went the more, more uh, that was more of a character path with a, with a like, uh, with an environment weapon, because <laughs> it was important that it was a farm yeah. with the barn, all the things there. But if it, if we could, that could have very easily been a premise scene. If I would have, if I, if, when you said, when you said, can I talk to your barn, to the barn? If I would have said, if I said, yeah, if I could buy your, can I buy your car there, for yeah. fifty bucks? That'd have been like, okay, so now it's all about. All That's the helpful with an example for me to understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would like for me, honestly. I started, I didn't know what was happening. I was like, oh, this is the end of the scene. So it was me just in my mind saying, like, I'm going to keep giving myself reasons. Like, like I, I'm going to keep sort of giving my, like, stumbling into reasons to still be here. And then it sort of became absurd. But, like, then we were just sort of, it's, I don't know, I just sort of monologued out. And I'm thankful that you, like, made it important. <laughs> like, made it a, a reason. Like, helped heighten that it was significant like you were making those comments in the back and stuff um but i think you had a much clearer vision of what was happening than i did as we got into it well it was really fun too when you mirrored when you mirrored we mirrored each other yeah yeah traded places like i love i think that's such a fun thing in improv and i am almost always willing well no i am always willing to go there it doesn't always make sense to go there but i'm always willing to go there like Let's trade places right now. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I loved about that last one is is something that I try to push people on a lot is that I think we were both gifting, as improvisers, gifting ourselves things that our characters maybe didn't want. So, like, I, I was, um, like, you set it up that I obviously was sad. Like, I had done a bad deal on my farm and didn't want to leave. Uh, and, it, like, and then I was able to keep gifting that to myself and then you were like like we were just keep giving ourselves things that were worse in some ways for our characters i think it's sometimes it's hard for people to do they because they can create anything they're keep giving themselves like oh i just want a million dollars what if you just you know lost all your money or lost a foot or whatever like you can create any of that so that was fun for me um cool uh any other thoughts about that scene or just this conversation in general before we go no, that was that was fun and playful, and that's exactly that's exactly what I what I strive to do, what I want to do all the time in improv is just is have fun and do scenes that either we know exactly when it should end, it's the perfect time, or that we never want it to end. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what I like. Uh, I am down here this weekend for Improv Wins, which is a conference and festival. Uh, featuring a lot, a lot of workshops and some performances as well. Uh, it's already been fun. Looking forward to even more fun. In addition to that, other things you want to plug or mention to my tens of listeners? 
Well, I want to do a reverse plug. I want all your listeners to share this podcast on their Facebook page or their Twitter account. And let's get Brian's listenership up. Yeah, I love it. Tell a friend, <laughs> tell a friend about this podcast. That's great. Thank you. This podcast tonight was recorded at the New Movement Theater in Austin, Texas. Special thanks to the New Movement and Chris True uh, for allowing me to use this space. The beautiful and talented Michelle Horsley for our opening theme. And of course, uh, Chris for being on the show. For this and past episodes, check out brianmgray.com slash podcast. And please, if you like the show, do exactly what Chris says. And also leave me a review on iTunes because it helps people find it. Uh, Thank you, guys, and have a good night. Thank you.